Why were we clapping? Because our God is healthier. God bless you guys. That, that song ended saying it's the story I'll tell. What story are you guys telling? Because honestly, that for me, that is the crux of the matter. What story are you telling? I, by the grace of God, I was able to attend virtually the Unbelievable Conference yesterday. And one of the speakers said this. I'm actually, my message for us is brief, but I flipped it because of that song. This was what I was going to end with, and I'm starting with it. The, the speaker said, do we truly, that one of the challenges with the church today is that do we truly believe the story we're proclaiming? And that, that for me is where the challenge is. Because what are we proclaiming? Can, what can we proclaim if we don't believe what God has said? How can we proclaim it? So what story are we proclaiming? And the story we're proclaiming, do we believe it? Because if you don't believe it, there's no way you can share that story with conviction. If you don't have a passion for something, I, I, I was told that recently some folks were asked to share their salvation story. And nobody was willing to put up their hand and said, I'll share my salvation story. And what I said to that is, that says to me, are they saved? Because if you're saved, if you've come to know Christ, if you've encountered him and you have a story to tell, why would you be ashamed to share that story? If we're born again, if we're truly born again, I'm not saying stand on the pulpit and preach. But if we're truly born again, we have a story. Something changed in your life. Something changed in my life. What is stopping me? What is stopping you from sharing that story? What is stopping you from telling that story? If you're truly born again, please, if, if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But if you're truly born again, are you bold enough? I'm not saying, can you quote the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation? What did God do for you? And are you sharing that message? Are you proclaiming it? Are you telling that story? Because if you're not, one, ask yourself, have I truly, you know, come to know Christ? Have I accepted him as my Lord and Savior? Has it made a change in my life? If he truly has, then the second question is, why can't I? What is stopping me? We always quote, you know, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was boldly able to say that because it's the power of God on salvation to all who believe. Do you believe? If you believe, then are you ashamed of the gospel? You shouldn't be. If you're ashamed of the gospel, then there's something wrong. There's, there's something wrong somewhere. Do we truly believe the story we're proclaiming? And are we even proclaiming that story in the first instance? 
whether you were in your room and you decided, you know what, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. Or you had, not all of us had dramatic encounters. You don't have to have a dramatic encounter to share your story. Even if you were born in the church, at some point, if you're born again, you made a conscious decision. Why did you make that decision? Someone else airing your story. Maybe that's all they need. The Lord Jesus did not come down and speak to you like he did to Paul and speak to you you on the road to Damascus. Fine. I just decided, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. And I did. Fine. What has changed in your life since then? What is your story? My, my message to us this morning is actually, it's a question. It's, it's a question. And, and the question is, what is your life's worth? What is your life's worth? Or what will you give in exchange for your soul? So, you know, if, if you think about your soul, your life, your soul's worth. I didn't say how much. So I'm not talking about financial value. But I said, what is it worth? So how much value do we place on our souls? And I think it, it, it ties into what I've just been saying. Because if we place value on it and we understand how we came to be, then we would value more the one that gave us the life we have. Praise the Lord. Matthew 16 and verse 26. And that's, that's our, you know, the message this morning. It says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And literally that is, what will you give in exchange for your soul? How much is your soul worth? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Some versions of the Bible say, you know, forfeit, to forfeit your soul. And the word forfeit, to deprive, to lose, you know, as a consequence of wrongdoing, you've made a mistake. So what, what, you know, to forfeit something, to give it up. And it says, you know, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul as a trade? So what will you give up for your soul? What would you trade your soul for? Is there any value that you ascribe to your soul? No, the, the, the past few weeks has been, it's, it's been rather difficult for both my wife and I because we both had folks close to us pass away. Um, in my case, it, it's quite Brazil, and I'll explain why. So a friend of mine that we went to secondary school together, we were in university together for a something year old man decided to migrate to the United States less than two months ago, barely two months. 
he migrated to the U.S. with his wife, and he died two weeks ago. And, you know, the, the circumstance of his death, what happened? He went for a job interview, finished the job interview. The place was far from the, the place they got accommodation. He was trying to call for a cab, Uber, wasn't getting, you know, good reception. The interview place was far. He decided to start strolling literally walk in, bear, bear in mind it's in the afternoon, not at night, a 29-year-old drunken driver hits him and the guy died there on the spot. Daytime, intoxicated, driving under the influence of alcohol, hits the, the, you know, this gentleman and he died there on the spot, and that was it. And I mean, that was it for him. The, the, the struggles, the toils, okay, I relocate, um, better life presumably, got his green card, eligible to work, under two months of getting there, is, is, you know, his light is quenched. That, that, really, that really shook me. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just impressed this on my life. What, you know, what will you give for your soul? What will you exchange for your soul? For that guy, you know, the priority was better living, you know, let me, let me escape the, the, the challenges. If you had said to him, you might have been better off just staying in Nigeria. He's Nigerian. You know, those are, those are the kind of things some people say, get the behind me system because you're in the UK or you're in the US or you're somewhere pleasant. Let us, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't God's will for him to travel, but let us be sure that we know what God is saying to us. Something I always say constantly is that you can never maximize your potential. You cannot reach your full potential if you're not in line with God's will. So what has God asked you to do? Where has he asked you to stay? You know, my brother that led the prayer session was talking about Isaac, that in, in the time of famine, he wanted to go somewhere else and God said, you know what? Stay here. Stay here because I have plans for you. Do you know God's plan for you? Do you know his mind concerning you? Isaac stayed and he about, he flourished. I use this example. If you, if you relocate, let's say you go to Europe. And God's plan for you is not to go. And you become a millionaire in Europe. You would say, I've done well. But if God's plan was for you to stay where you were, to become a billionaire, then relatively, you've not done well. 
you will maximize your potential if you're where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do. I think the, the second part is so important, doing what God wants you to do. You can be where he wants you to be, but not doing what he wants you to do. You can be saved, but not doing the services called you to. So are you saved? Yes. Glory to God. Are you engaged in this service? The calling is called you to. It's not enough for us to be saved. God, see, if, if God just wants us to be saved, once we give our lives to Christ, why didn't he just take us away to go and be in heaven and be having fun? Because there's, there's a task, there's work for us to do here on earth. Are we doing that or are we just busy being, you know, within ourselves and just praising and worshiping God, which is fantastic. In my own little way, in your own little way, are you sharing this message? I, I, I found that pearl of inestimable worth. I found it. What am I doing? Am I helping others to discover it? Or am I just concerned about myself? Many of us are misplacing our priority. You know, what, what made Jesus to make that statement in Matthew 16, 26? was literally talking to his disciples and was helping them to realize the true cost of discipleship. Yes, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, in, in verse 24, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Some of us might remember that in the last few months, we've, we've looked at messages, one on, you know, taking up your cross, take up your cross. I think we preached the message on that in September, September 2021, take up your cross. In February, we looked at follow me. Um, both messages are on the podcast. I encourage us, if we take notes, let's revisit our notes. If we want to listen to it on the podcast, listen to it. It's there. But, you know, so he says, take up your cross, follow me. And then he went further in verse 25 and says that for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake. will find it. You know, in, in those two verses, we, we see the word life and soul. Uh, you know, stated four times there. In the first instance, it says, whoever desires. 
whoever desires to save his life. The, the word life translated there comes from the same, you know, the root word psyche. Psyche. Um, we know it's, it's also used for soul. And we, we know that, we say it a lot in this church, our, our man, the human nature, is composed of three parts. The spirit, the soul, and the body. And here Jesus is saying, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, it ain't say whoever desires to lose his life. If, if we think about it, the natural desire is, you know, to save our life. Some comment, you know, commentaries talk about that as, you know, the tripartite mind being, yes, the spirit, the soul, the body, the pneuma, the psyche, and the soma. So the body, the carnal, the corporal, the flesh. The psyche being the, the mind, or what they refer to as the lower spirit, because both pneuma and psyche still translate as breath. So looking at the, the psyche, the soul, as the lower spirit, and the pneuma, the spirit, as the superior spirit that links with God and is influenced by the spirit of God. So whoever desires to lose his life, which, sorry, whoever desires to save his life, which life is being saved? The bodily life, this flesh. It says, if that's all we're about, gratifying the flesh, making things work for ourselves. It says, if that's what we want, our desire is to save our life. There, there's a popular saying that, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to die, but we all want to go to heaven. I'm sure if Jesus Christ were to come now, or if he says, you know what, guys, let's go. Ah, Lord, you know what? I've still got some things I need to do. King Ezekiel cried to the Lord. He was told, you know, put your house in order. It's time to go. And what did he start talking about? Lord, you know what? I've done this for you. I've done that for you. I've been faithful. I've been serving. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Fair enough. God said, you know what? You'll have another 15 years. But whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But if you lose your life for God's sake, you'll find it. You'll find eternal life. You'll find life in eternity. And then that's why I said, you know, what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What profit is it for us if we're wealthy, if we amass significant wealth and our soul is not right with God? What will you give? What will I give in exchange for my soul? Now, remember, I said it's, it's one thing to be saved. 
It's another thing to develop and be working in the relationship God expects of you. I wrote here, I said that whoever desires or whose will is to save the bodily life, to prioritize life on earth and gratify bodily expectations will lose out in life, on life in eternity. The tendency is to want to preserve the here and now. No one desires to lose their life, their bodily life. However, if we do lose it for the kingdom's sake, we will find our life in eternity. Are we ready to lay down our life as Jesus did? Are we ready to deny ourselves of things that seem to be, you know, pleasurable, things that gratify the flesh? Are we ready to be obedient to the will of the Lord? What has he asked you to do? Are you walking in his will? Are you walking in his way? You know, you know um, Paul, God bless, God bless that man. He, he, had, he had, you know, insight into this. He was the one that said in Philippians, I believe 121, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why, why would he say that? So there, there was an understanding that Air on earth, I've got a task, I've got a job to do. So me living, I'm living for Christ to do what he has asked me to do. It will be profitable to those around me. Now, that was Paul's mindset. It will be profitable to those around me for me to be on earth because I will do what he's asked me to do. I will support, I will encourage, I will minister, I will uphold, I will uplift. I will reprimand where there needs to be so that souls are not lost. So for me, living is for Christ. But if I die, it is gain. So it, it is an advantage because then I go to be with him and have all the time in eternity with him. You know, he, he told those folks, I was like, you know what? It's actually profitable for you guys for me to be here. If we die today, what stories will be told about us? I think it was that I was talking about Dorcas this morning, was it? About how, you know, when Dorcas died, they, or maybe it was during the week, how... You know, so many people were crying and mourning because of the impact that she made. If we were to depart today, what would be said of us? What impact have we made? And what impact are we making? How many people would have stories to tell about us? That Philippians 121 in New Living, Trans, um, New Living Translation says, for to me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. So me living, I'm living for Christ. Are we living for Christ? Dying is even better. 
Because if I die, I will go to Christ and live with him in eternity. Do we have that testimony? Is that our testimony today? If you were to pass away, would you go to be with Christ in eternity? And if you're certain of that, then are you sharing that story of yours? Because that, that is your story. There's a reason why you have that confidence, why you have that assurance that I know him, that I've, you know, I've done all he's asked me to do. I'm doing what he asked me to do. So it will be even better for me. Praise the Lord. I think yesterday they were saying on the news that, you know, cryptocurrency was crashing. And that in the last six months, I heard that, you know, it's the value of cryptocurrencies has gone down by almost a trillion dollars. Now, one gentleman was speaking and he said that he's lost 10,000 pounds. But he was very philosophical about it. And he said, I won't invest what I can afford to lose. I share that view strongly. But if all my priority is to amass wealth, and I, using cryptocurrency as an example, and that is all I'm doing, making money, means of making money. And when the crash happens, what then? We, we, we hear in history of the Great Depression, how people were jumping from buildings because of, you know, a, a global depression, a global crash, economic crash, and literally everything they had was gone. So they decided, wealthy folks, to just jump off buildings and kill themselves. What is the worth of your life? There was one guy in the scriptures, and I'll, I'll end on this, that, that kind of got it wrong. We, we call him the rich fool. We call him the rich fool in Luke, 6, um, Luke 12. I'll read from verses 16 to 21 in the New Living Translation. And this is Jesus. says, Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? In verse 21, it says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Are we rich towards God? Are you rich towards God? What value do you place on your soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? 
is the value you place on your soul, the material or the financial wealth, the, the money stored up in the bank, the property you've bought, is that the measure of your life? Scripture says that the life of a man doesn't consist in the abundance of the things he has. So what is the measure of your life? Is it the treasures that you've stored up in heaven because you've served faithfully and you're serving faithfully and you're obedient to the commands of God? Since you're my friend, Jesus said, you'll be my friend. You're my friends if you keep my commands. Are you keeping his commands? That's, that's the word the Holy Spirit is laying on out to share with you guys this afternoon as it is. Let's just take a moment and just pray. Pray for yourself. What is your life worth? How do you value your life? What measure are you using for the value you place in your life? Are you seeing yourself the way God sees you? Are you seeing the value God places on your life the way, you know, are you seeing it as God sees it? If you truly value your life the way your soul, the way God values it, then you will do what he's asked you to do. And peradventure, you're not quite doing it right now. What is stopping you from doing it? Say so you should take up your cross and follow him. Jesus said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Pray that God will help each and every one of us in Jesus' name to truly be the people he's called us to be to do what he has asked us to do, to follow him faithfully, diligently, that none of us will be found wanting in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.